the most successful versions that you, whoever you see in the world, from an entrepreneurial standpoint that you think is like, I, I would love to be there, they were here, right? They didn't do anything different. They were here and they pushed through and kept going and did the consistent marketing or they, they took a look and did the things and now they're there. Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and my guest today is the utterly fantastic Sam Varner. Sam Varner, profit coach, business strategist, and creator of The Crush Formula, specializes in helping service-based business owners make profit a priority. A conversation with Sam is an opportunity to share a no-bullshit friend-to-friend chat about profit, business success, and the grit it takes to make success inevitable. She is open and honest about how to achieve business growth well into six figures and just how to tap into each individual business owner's hidden potential. She wants your audience to be inspired through their personal breakthroughs, strategy, and grit to surpass their current goals and growth plans. Sam has over 14 years in PR and marketing, finance strategy, as well as business development, and credits much of her business passion to watching her father in his construction business growing up. After living in three different countries and getting requalified to work over and over again, Sam decided to create her own business serving women business owners worldwide. Sam has made it her goal to help other women understand that they have the power to change their financial picture by building profit in their businesses. She hosts the She Needs Grit podcast, where business tips, growth strategies, and conversations with amazing business owners happen weekly. By day, Sam is the tactical coach, supporting her clients to grow their dreams. And by evening and weekend, she's hanging out in her dirty minivan. With four kiddos, Sam is a coffee addict and spends her downtime as a chauffeur and the biggest cheerleader to each of the tiny humans she created. Hi, Sam! I am so excited to get to ask you the question, which is, what do small business owners need to focus on this week? Ooh, I'm excited to be here and tell you that they need to focus on looking at their goals. We're at the beginning of the year, right? And they need to figure out what those financial goals are. But more importantly, they actually need to look backwards and figure out what the heck they need to do day to day to achieve them. Not just throw a pretty number up at the top of the page and think that's all I need to do to make magic happen. Yes. The value of working backwards is not something that I ever really thought about until I started working with my queen of systems, Krista Grasso, who insists and forces you for your own benefit to work backwards. And it's it's a revolutionary shift because it's so easy to overbloat something or to take missteps that you think are your best intention when you're like just doing yeah. the next step. 
right? You're just doing the next step. Oh, here's a new thing. Here's a new thing. And I do this all the time with like AppSumo software where I'm like, oh, what perfect timing. Now I'm going to go on this total tangent Mm -hmm. because this thing popped up in my vision and blah, blah. But instead, if we work backwards, we know the efficacy of things almost before we do them. And that's just so... I don't know. I find it very liberating. How did you come to the church of working backwards? I think from being the most shiny squirrel seeker human in the planet, right? <laughs> like this, this, this. Like I, it, it was like a laser show of me not having any idea what I was doing. So, <laughs> it was, okay, you just defined entrepreneurship. <laughs> A laser show of having no idea what you're doing is like the most realistic. <laughs> that might be true for all of us, right? I think mine is like Disney on ice where you're like, oh. I kind of get it, but I also really don't. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're skating along. It seems to be going well, seems to be going well. And then toe pick and you end up just a face smash in the ice. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that is all of us. And yep. luckily... As businesses mature, and more importantly, business owners mature, I think that's where we start to see like a little bit more of that do less, evaluate what you're doing, know whether or not it's actually working, right? I think at the beginning of entrepreneurship, we all do a whole bunch of stuff that we're just like, this might work. I think it could happen. This might be, and it's everything is the thing, right? Everything is the decision that will then make you go forth and prosper as opposed to like, you have no idea what the thing is. There's going to be 900 things. Every choice is the easy button, right? Like every choice is the fast forward. And it's so hard not to fall into that trap because hope is important. Yeah. And optimism is important. And having run a business when I had neither, (laughs) it felt like a slow and terrible death, right? But at the same point, we don't want to be like, every single move I make is going to be the star maker. No, because that feels so much pressure, right? Like that's so pressury where you're like, well, I can't misstep at all because if this is the thing and I do it wrong, right, for any of us that may or may not live in the type A like perfectionist world, that's really hard. Then you are immobilized by fear at all times because you're going to do it wrong, screw it up, fail and have to go back and work at McDonald's. Yep. Every day. And so we carry this, like, I'm on America's Got Talent singing for Simon Cowell energy onto, like, our Instagram post. And it's like, y'all, it's not AGT, it's Instagram. Yeah, it's like the newspaper in the bottom of a birdcage, right? Like, it's today's the news, tomorrow you're lining a birdcage. And that's, like, such an old PR reference. But but it's true. Like, nobody watches your Instagram and, like, has a little checklist of the report card of whether or not you hit this and did that and <laughs> called to action this and all that. It's like. You lose your personality. You lose everything. There's my new job. Social media babysitter. (laughs) Oh, God. Terrible. Terrible. That sounds as bad as last night. I was watching some cooking show. Can't remember what it was called. (laughs) And they were at the baked beans factory, the Heinz baked beans factory in the UK. Yeah. And there were ladies there, two ladies, that every day they had to quality control taste test however many bowls of baked beans. Twice a day, baked bean testing. What? I mean, did they at least put it on toast? Like, nope. Legit in a spoon for 35 years. 35 years of being the bean taster tester. Wow. Wow. That's almost like being the old, like, 
court poison tester <laughs> for the emperor. Like, hold on, my lord. Let, let me, me see, see if, if I, I die, die first, Just right? Like, hold, please. Oh my god! But there you go. There's entrepreneurship again. Let me see if I die. <laughs> <laughs> Or just being absolutely certain at any moment you are going to die. Yeah. And then you don't. And you're like, oh, look. But then the next time you forgot and you think you're going to die again. Yep. Yep. That's why it's like tenacity and and that through line. Right. Yeah. And again, working backwards. If you know you're not going to die mm-hmm. because you're working backwards, then the missteps or the mistakes you make are data, yeah. not poison. Yeah, that's it. And if you look at the data, instead of like hide from the data, the amount of value you can get out of that of like, yeah, that thing worked great. This thing didn't work at all. No big deal. We just dismiss and move on. um, Makes it less chaos in our businesses, right? But it takes that evaluation stage. And I think most entrepreneurs, the number one thing they don't do enough of is evaluation. Yeah, agree. Right? Agree. And I've never had that problem because I have OCD. So once I hook onto a metric, I refresh it every single second of every single day and I watch <laughs> it like a hawk, which is also very, y'all listeners, not healthy, yeah. not healthy. Okay. Yeah. Don't but swing all the way that way. Go somewhere in the way. middle. It's a dial. Go somewhere in the middle. Right. But because what I do is I use my metrics for dopamine Mm, and that's, so many people do that. That's right? a bad choice, y'all. Do as I say, not as I do, because it's it's an interesting roller coaster to put yourself on when you're already stressed and already struggling to be like, let me pin all my hopes on my click through rate on this ad, right? But that being yeah. said, Sam, when you're talking about the importance of evaluation and people aren't showing up like me. Maybe mm-hmm. they're showing up in more of your squirrel mentality, right? Where like yep. they're taking in everything everywhere all at once, Ooh, yep. which would be a great pop culture topic, but different day. Um, <laughs> but, you know, what are some of the tools, metrics, um, trackable things that we can look at and see beyond just the number? Because I mm-hmm. think a lot of people are either A, ignorant of their numbers or they're in data overload and they don't know what their numbers mean. So what do you like to encourage people to look for? Okay, so there's a couple of different ones. I definitely like people to understand how to create their profit margin, like how to actually determine what is the profit of your business, not just what is the revenue. I think we get tripped up a lot of times thinking like, ooh, I make $100,000 in my business. I'm so excited. I'm a $100,000 earner. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, top line revenue. You definitely are. That's cool. Yep. Bottom actual take-home pay is still $4. Yep. There's a problem there, right? Yeah. So that piece, understanding that that's the growth piece that you want more than top line revenue is managing that profit. And then the other one I think is knowing in your sales world whether where you're tripping. So like, are you tripping on the, on your closing ratio? Are you tripping on getting consults in the door? If you're, if you're doing a consult, are you tripping in? I put out ads, I get leads and I can't close them, but they're not the right audience. Like where is that little piece? There's like something that's just like the rough edge, right? That needs to be sanded and tweaked a little bit. Ooh, I love that. The rough edge. It's not a cancer that needs to be 
quickly, no, almost never fully cut out. It's just like a grease the wheel. Give me yeah. some connective tissue. Yeah. Yeah. Sand the edge. Perfect. Yeah. That's yeah. so perfectly I always think put. of it as like business owners will come to me and they'll say like, I know I'm doing it all wrong. It's not working. And I'm like, hey, you're probably not doing it all wrong. And it probably is working better than you think. But I'm not burning your house down. We're just renovating. We're just going to like redecorate the living room. We're not, this is not an insurance claim. This is just yeah. a little, a little wee tweak. It's fine. That's what I tell people when they come to me to fix their funnels. The first thing I say is, well, what do you already have? And do you like it? Like, what do you already have? And do you like it? And they're like, it's pretty good. Or they're like, yes, it's amazing. But you know, I made this other thing and it never saw the light of day. And I'm like, cool. What we need is a fresh coat of paint. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I love the thing of like, I'm not burning your house down. I'm renovating your porch, yo. Yeah. Like, breathe. <laughs> Take a breath. Yeah. Easy. Easy. It's not as bad as all of that. Right. It's not as bad as all of that. But I think you're so right where, A, I love that you're using the word tripping because it's got two different uses and both of them are true. Like, ooh, you tripping. Mm -hmm. uh, and also yep. like, you are falling on your adorable Disney on ice face, aren't you? Yes, you are. Yeah. I love that idea of tracking it, like what point in your conversion is not converting? Because I think a lot of people, I mean, you and I talk sales all day, every day. Mm -hmm. You and I talk money making all day, every day, right? Yeah. But people that don't, they just go, okay, I have a money making issue. Yeah. They don't think I have a discovery call utilization issue or mm -hmm. a nurture sequence issue or a follow-up issue, or an objections handling issue. And a lot of the time, the whole structure isn't flawed, just that one rough edge. So I think that is yeah. so empowering because, listeners, I want to be really, really clear. We're not saying you have to suddenly go ham on every single detail of your business because then you're going to make yourself crazy. What we're saying is look at things in order. Yeah. Track them in order. And then you'll see small spaces where you can make big impact. Yeah, absolutely. And it and it it is taking the time, right? It's as a business owner, getting out of your employee shoes and into your CEO shoes and doing that big, big picture work, right? And so often, especially as people start to grow and get busy, they are busy and they can't carve out any time for that sort of stuff as if now that takes away from from earning more money. And it's like, yeah, it does in the short term, but you, you'll you never get where you want to get to if you don't figure out what that one little stupid spot is that you keep tripping on, right? Right. Yeah. Well, because you'll keep being like, oh, it's my Instagram. Mm-hmm. Let me hire, uh, let me yes, sign up let me for a six-month program. I don't know what it is yet. <laughs> right. Let me sign up for a six-month Instagram adventure program. Yeah. I'm not dogging that. There's a lot mm -hmm. of good Instagram programs out there. But if you have a sales issue, a six-month Instagram program ain't going to fix it. Nope. And what part of Instagram do you even know going into that, even if that is the Shangri-La of things to, to solve your problem, what part of Instagram is the struggle? Right? Are you a terrible photographer? Do you never put your face on Instagram? Are you scared of going live? Who knows? Whatever your problem could be. It could be a thousand things. But it's not Instagram. That's not the problem. There's something smaller. So we've been talking today a lot about struggle, which is one of the things I enjoy about this show is, is I intentionally never really know or try to course correct or, or lead us in any direction. But I think, you know, 
there was a period of time in my life where I wanted to be like, like Jenny and I back in the day launched a series of ebooks called Entrepreneurship Sucks, right? So it's not like I haven't been talking about the challenging side of this yep. for a long time because it's important, right? Yeah. A lot of everything, people read the covers of books and think they know what entrepreneurship is, right? So they'll mm -hmm. see Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week and think that what it means is that you get to only work four hours. Yes, that's not what the book is actually about, y'all. Oh, or, you know, Chris Gillibo's $100 startup. They're like, cool, four hours and 100 bucks. I got this. Yeah, I can be an entrepreneur. I'm ready. And it's like, ooh, no, no. It's like, read, read the book. I had a really great talk on this show with Pamela Slim, the author of Escape from Cubicle Nation, about how people read like the back of her book and are like, oh, yes, I'm going to flee and I'm going to escape Cubicle Nation and it's going to be easy. And Pam's like, so you didn't read the book. Mm-hmm. Cool. Which very much does tell people there's a whole world out there, but these are the steps you should take before you take the leap. And these are the things to consider. And this is the way that the world is changing. Right. And so people that are just like, yeah, I'm going to take the leap because you told me to. Pam's like, you just admitted to me that you didn't read my book. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, but we're talking about struggle. And what I've had to come to learn is that a the struggle is not unique to me. We yeah. all have good days mm -hmm. and bad days, and sometimes our bad days are bad months. Yep. Sometimes they add up together, right? They join right. hands. Mm -hmm. But you use this word that I totally freaking love that is the antidote to struggle, I think, which is grit. Yes. What the hell is grit? Why is grit important? And how do we use and harness and accrue grit to deal with this casserole of ridiculousness that we thrust ourselves into day after day. I love that. Okay. I think, I think grit for me, I, I talk about it like this all the time. And I think it is being all in your business until it works, not until Tuesday, not till it feels hard, but it is that deep-seated, like, I've chosen this for good, for bad, for ugly, and I'm going to pursue it until I hit that pinnacle of achievement, whatever that thing is in your mind, right? And that's different for everybody. And that's grittiness. The, like, just continued pursuit despite whatever your life looks like to go back again and go back again and go back again, get punched in the face again, trip, fall, get up, ride the highs of those those days and those months where you're like, holy shit, I'm doing it. And then you crash back to earth and you have to drag yourself back up. It's like, I always think of grit a little bit as both the tenacity piece of grit, but also like you have to put up with the grittiness, like the actual like gravelly grittiness of life. Those two things, right? Yeah. And the yeah. combination of those things, like yeah. One, understanding the raw reality of the situation and what's mm -hmm. required of you. And then yeah. also rising to that occasion with some badass self-trust and tenacity to be yeah. like, I'm not going to die today. Yeah. Right. I love I got chills when you said until it works. I want you to write a book called Until It Works. OK. All right. I wind up naming a lot of books on this show because people say brilliant things. And my number one skill in life is regurgitating people's brilliant things back at them. So, you know. That is the superhero skill by far because I've often forgotten what I've said. Like, I, 
Right. I do that on coaching calls all the time and somebody I'll say something <laughs> and they'll be like, wait, say that again. I want to write it down. And I'm like, like oh, shit, it's gone. Like, that's why I record everything. That's yeah, so why I record everything. I transcription software for everything. Um, yeah, but I think we don't know when until it works is. And a lot of online marketing, online sales, on like entrepreneurial training, understandably because they're trying to show urgency or they're trying to show efficacy, like a lot of it is get rich by next Tuesday or, yeah, you know, so- Duh. And it's like, we don't know. We can't promise people. No. Like I used to work for a program called 10K in 30 Days. And it used to really upset people because when she named the program that, what she meant was you'll be able to use this eventually to make 10K every 30 days. But what the people coming into the program thought was I'm going to make 10 grand in the next 30 days. Right. And... I could see their confusion. I can see how they would come to that because of the title of the program. But they would come and then they'd be upset and say, I didn't make 10 grand in 30 days. And I'd say, of course you didn't. Nobody can promise you you're going to make a certain amount of money in a set period of time because all of us are at different places on a learning curve. We all have different skill sets. We all have different list sizes. You could be the best coach in the history of the freaking universe. If you don't have an email list, it's going to take you longer to make money. I can't promise you overnight success. And I think that's another place where grit comes in is we're like, we got to hang out until it works. It might be next Tuesday. It might be 30 days. It might be a six month program. It might be three years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's like, you can't like both sides of that. You can't expect that you can do it in 30 days, but also for the love dream that it could be 30 days. Like what would you have to do to make it happen in 30 days? Cause I think that's the other part is it's like, it's not going to be easy, but if somebody else has done it, you bloody well can do it too. So stop humming and hawing about how, 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 and just do. Just do. Just do, right? And like, I do think that 97% of an entrepreneur's problem when it comes to their hitting their revenue goals or hitting their profit goals is that they're not working hard enough. And that is not the message we hear out in the world. Everybody's like, do it with less. Do it, you know, exactly like the Do it on a beach. Yeah, do it in a sarong. Like, A, no. And also, like, this is work. It is work. There is not like, I had a job and it sucked and I had a boss and it sucked and I got a crappy paycheck and it sucked. And then I decided to be an entrepreneur and it didn't suck anymore. No, now you're in charge of being the boss and the employee and the evaluation staff and you pay all the bills and you yep. empty the garbage. Whoops. And you probably don't have health insurance anymore. So, you oh. know. Ramen, here you go. Like, let, Right? No. Oh, God, I love ramen. Mm-hmm. My kids are addicted to ramen right now. Well, I am your kids in that aspect <laughs> because uh, that is a part of my stomach that just never grew up, right? But thankfully, during the lean times, I'm like, oh, 25 cent dinner. Yeah. Exactly. I'm ready. I'm ready. But, but you know, I went to this workshop earlier this week with dear, dear friend of mine, my developmental editor and friend of the show, Deb Eckerling, of the Allie McBeal episode. And Deb's whole kink is goal setting. Mm, but okay. goal setting for Deb. 
And yeah. so she's got this method called the Deb method, which is better than smart goals. And I just, yes, I just love it. But, um, and I became friends with Deb because she named her method after herself. And I was like, no, that's, I really great. like that. I'm like, that's right? better than my crush formula. I need to just name that shit the Sam. Like, the let's Sam. go. Yeah. I, I went to this workshop and Deb had us write our future bio. And then that alone was really powerful. But then in the theme of working backwards, she said, what do you need to do for your future bio to become true? Yeah. What do you have to do right now to even create that for yourself? That is huge. Right? Because I was like, it's not that different than my current bio. My current bio says she has a top-rated podcast, Too Legitimate to Quit, and she's the author of The Coach Who Would Not Sell. So my future bio is like, she has she is the host of the 1% podcast. Yeah. Right now I'm in the 2% podcast. Like, she is the host of the 1% podcast, Too Legitimate to Quit, and of the international bestseller the coach who would not sell, right? And I'm like, what's that going to take? It's going to take consistent marketing. A hundred percent. That's basically, honestly, all it would take, right? That's all it would take because I'm not, I'm not in a position right now where I'm shifting gears. I'm not launching new right. things. I'm doubling down, right? Yeah. But what does doubling down look like for me? It's consistent marketing, yeah. right? But if other people are like, I am the go-to expert in this thing that I don't even currently talk about. Okay, cool. Well, then for you, you got to start talking about those things. Yeah. Guess what you only get to talk about now? That. That's your that. thing. If you're yeah. not visible, if you're not discoverable, like get yeah. after it. But I just, when Deb said, what do you have to do yeah. for your future bio to become true? I was just like, holy shit. Like that is the best question I've been asked all year. Yeah. So good. Like I'm like, mm -hmm. thanks, Deb. Yeah, thanks, Deb. Thanks, Deb. That's going into my repertoire. Like I'm like, right? That's a thing I mean, I'm going to start asking myself, right? Right, because it's it's just so clear. It's such a great way to say where am I now, which I think we also forget. What have I accomplished already? Which is like we don't yes. talk about that. It's like yes, you started off with nothing. You built a thing from nothing. One of the years in my business when I made twelve thousand dollars for an entire year. Yep. I was despondent. Like, I was the mayor of that valley of despair. I was like, yeah. I can't believe I worked this hard to take home 12 grand. Like, I can't, I can't believe it. And I went to my beloved hobbit husband, Ryan, and I said to him, and I was trying to hold it together. So I said to him, like, I made $12,800 all year. And he gave me this huge hug and said, babe, that's amazing. You made $12,800 out of nothing. That all came out of you. And I was That's like. your brain. Like your brain created that all by itself. And so I always remember that. A, to never take sales and money I make for granted because it's all from me. Yeah. It's all from me. It all came from my brain and my heart and my efforts. Right. I have a great team of VAs. They help me a lot. I'm yeah. not saying I do it all on my own. I am not a one-woman show anymore as much. Yeah. But I mean, like, I have an army of VAs. I don't have a C-suite team, you know? And, yeah. and so I think about that sometimes. When the metrics aren't where I expect them to be, you know, if there's a dip in the podcast listens or there's a, you know, the... I, I fall to number four on the bestseller list in entrepreneurial management or whatever. It's not that I don't want to turn those things around. It's not that I don't want to use that as motivation. But sometimes it's my 
have it to get apocalyptic about that. And I'm like, dude, number four on the bestseller list is still a huge accomplishment. There's like a thousand. I like, I'm like, I can list you a thousand accomplishments that are attached to that. You wrote a book. Yeah. You yeah. published a book. You shared it with people. Yeah. And continue to share it with people, right? And you got it into a bestseller circumstance and all the pieces in between, right? You didn't give right. up on it, despite the fact I'm sure there were days where you were like, this is the worst life choice I ever made. I mean, I told you in our pre-chat, I'm in the middle of a two-month fight with Amazon Kindle Direct Publishing. I, 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 it, you know, here lies Annie. She hated KDP. May very well wind up on my tombstone. <laughs> but in the meantime, like, hey, I'm fighting Amazon. Weird. Badass cool. author. You're fighting I did Amazon. a thing. Like, I'm fighting the man. Screw you, Bezos. Like, I'm getting it done. Remember, say it quiet. Say it quiet in case he's listening. If Jeff Bezos is listening to my podcast. Could you please sort out this book situation? It's a gong. Could you please get my reviews posted? And also next year, I would like it if your giant business paid more in taxes than my tiny business. Okay, Jeff Bezos. Okay. I'd love if you got a comment. All right. Valid. Annie, I hear you. Valid. And then I'll, next episode, I'll be like, Elon, let's talk about Twitter. <laughs> Take on the giants of the world. Let's go. <laughs> it's our new offshoot podcast of this and of grit, right? Where we're like, yep. hey, we're taking on billionaires. We've got some <laughs> ideas. You know what? We'd probably get some notice. Like, let's be serious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we probably would. Right? Like tiny businesses take on the boss. But what else? You know, like we're talking about struggle, but we're talking about grit and we're talking about seeing the benefit of the struggle finding hope in the struggle, right? We've really yeah. been talking about not when you're down in that, like, let me just go lay on the bathroom floor and cry levels of Valley of Despair, but more just the slog. Yeah. Yeah. The Valley of Despair, like, you know, you are going to lay on the bathroom floor and cry and totally it's fine. Like, I think also expecting and loving yourself despite the fact you're on the bathroom floor is okay too, right? We're not, we're not saying like erase the down, the down dips. We're not, that's not a thing. We're not going to be just on a bunch of like, I don't know, mood leveling narcotics. That's not the plan. But it's, <laughs> maybe it is the plan. Maybe it is your plan. No judgment. I like it. But what if you just accept the fact that it is an up and down roller coaster? You do have to push yourself through those hard days and look backwards and reflect in the rearview mirror about all the times you've already done it, right? You're already capable. Yep. It's not like this is a new skill. You've had it since you were a little kid trying to learn how to ride a bike and you mm -hmm. got on the bike and you tipped over immediately because you had no idea how to do balancing nope. and you don't know what the pedals do and brakes are a foreign concept, backwards pedaling. Who started that as a plan? Right? Like, I don't know who did that, but I tell oh, you. Oh God, now we're taking on the bike industry. We're just tearing down everybody today. Everybody. But like, Backwards just know that that's what? okay, right? Like we've all been there. It, the, the most successful versions that you, whoever you see in the world, from an entrepreneurial standpoint that you think is like, I, I would love to be there. They were here, right? They didn't do anything different. They were here and they pushed through and kept going and did the consistent marketing or they, they took a look and did the things and now they're there. And now they're there, right? I hear this all the time about Marie Forleo, 
Some people freaking adore her. Some people freaking loathe B-School. You know, I'm kind of in the middle. But my opinion of Marie Forleo always and forever will just be the fact that I remember when she made a video every single week on that stool in front of that brick wall. She was the first person I saw to really demonstrate consistent marketing. Yeah. So I can feel how I feel about B-School, which is not all that great. Yeah. Um, but at the same point, I look at Marie Forleo and I'm like, she's tenacious as shit. Girl's got grit. She's got grit, right? Like she absolutely has grit. And the more, if you go even farther back than that in her story, right? How gritty she was to even get to that point and how mm-hmm. willing she was to pursue shit that felt impossible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no matter what it looks like, you know, business or otherwise, it's like, that's what you're aiming for. I do now just want us to start, you and I to start a mastermind. All right, done. Called the Bathroom Floor Crying Society. <laughs> We would have 10,000 members tomorrow. Welcome to the Bathroom Floor Crying Society. We rotate in and out of here as needed. <laughs> and we have a puffy bath mat, so it's not super uncomfortable. Yes, that's our swag. Our swag <laughs> is a super <laughs> bath mat. Oh, shit. That would be fantastic. And a thing of Clorox wipes because we're like, ooh, that floor would be gross, y'all. Yeah, when's the last time you cleaned your floor? You're an entrepreneur. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. I don't know. I think mine was probably the 80s. I, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't actually know. Um, That's only mildly but, alarming. Only mild. You probably have a whole bath mat now, Ben. I mean, like, from all of my uh, ramen nutrition, I'm really <laughs> making some great brain choices living on sodium, you know. You know what? Sodium is necessary for life, I'm pretty sure. Not sure about <laughs> in the quantities, but... It is a required element for us to not be dead. So, yay. Good job, you. Me and your kids have it down. Yes. <laughs> um, cool. All right. Well, <laughs> what? You're writing notes about our bathroom floor society, aren't you? Duh. Uh, on an envelope because that's the real entrepreneurial You don't way. have a napkin? Come on. Not today. Not today. Because my Remarkable's dead. I love it. Your headphones died. My Remarkable died. This is true entrepreneurship, folks. <gasps> Your Remarkable's alive? It is alive. It is my favorite, oh, my yes. favorite friend. Shout out to the team at Remarkable. Yeah. Uh, you Good make a stellar, finally buy fabulous. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I knew I was a goner when I went to She Podcast Live and Jen McFarland pulled out hers. And I was like, what is that? What is that piece of magical? Well, my coach just bought hers after our mastermind. I had mine there and she's like, what, what is this devil thing on your, and I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, let me show you. And I was like, look, and then you can do this and then you can do this. Yesterday she put up on the Facebook group. Hey man, I just got my remarkable. How do I Mm -hmm. use this? And I'm like, all right, tutorial 101. Joyfully. How you use that is joyfully and gratefully. That's how you use it. Eliminate those piles my podcast. I got two podcasts for you to sponsor, mine and Sam's. Come on, get on Exactly. But, you know, what grit, profit, working backwards, metrics, tracking, what what haven't I asked you about yet, Sam, before we transition into our fabulous pop culture topic of the day? I don't know that there is anything left. I mean- if then you we're just nail that, right this, I mean, if you, we talked at the very beginning, right? Where it's like, it's this week. So if you nail all that this week. If you, you would, nail all that this week, you are an Amazon. Yeah, you are absolutely. And if you don't nail it this week, then you need to yell out and be like, for the love, please help me. Yeah. 
And there are people to help you. I'm here. Sam's here. There are a bunch of us uh-huh. who are genuine helpers who will make you promises that we can keep and not the yeah. overinflated, you're going to make a billion dollars by next Tuesday shit because we know that that's not true. So we don't want to propagate that myth because it just makes everyone think that they're wrong and flawed and doomed for failure when yeah. really in reality, the more we learn in the process, the higher we fly when we get there. So yeah. again... That phrase that you said that just gave me those chills. We got to do it until it works. Yeah. So just keep doing it until it works, right? It. Oh, we can do it, we right? Do and it. just you can do it and get somebody who believes that you can do it that will tell you when you are on the bathroom floor. Yeah. Yeah. On our branded bath mats. <laughs> yes, which we'll be sending out after this podcast. You're welcome. You're welcome. So transitioning extremely clunkily. Some transitions are smooth. This one is chunky peanut butter, but here we go. Here we go. Peanut allergies, be alerted. Here it comes. Recently, they have revived something that was a beloved part of yesteryear for many of us. And I'm talking about that 70s show. But there's a whole new generation now. Uh, And so in honor of that, they have just, just launched that 90s show the next generation. So, Sam, what the hell does any part of entrepreneurship have to do with teenagers smoking dubs in the same basement we know and love? I mean, isn't the connection obvious? All of us are smoking a little bit of weed to get through Okay, maybe we're not all. I live in Texas. I'm smoking a shit ton of weed. It's very legal here. So I I smoke it up for both of us. I'm Canadian, so like it might as well be legal. I just live in Texas. Minor problem. But (laughs) when you think back, or at least when I think back to like, what did you think you were capable of when you were a teenager? Whether you were smoking weed in a basement or, or not. Maybe you were a football player or cheerleader. I don't know. All the things. Like... That's the part that I think if we can harness that feeling, looking at that show, like I just, yesterday I watched a little bit of it while I was scarfing down lunch in the 32 seconds I had to like put nutrients in my body. And you've got Red there doing his regular old kick you up the ass sort of behavior. And I think, yeah, you need to do that too as an entrepreneur. You need to kick your own ass. You need to hire a coach to kick your ass if you're having trouble reaching. And you, like, you need the support of your mom to be like, yes, everything you do is amazing. Even when it's an epic failure, you need that person, right? Whether it's your mom, somebody else's mom, or just a fill-in. I love that. We need a kitty and a red. We do. We need a nurturer and an ass kicker in turn. Yeah. And it's normally the opposite of the one we think we need. When we think we need to be coddled, we need our asses kicked. When we think yep. we need our asses kicked, we really just need to go back to bed and let our mommies make a snack. Like, Well, that's it, right? Like somebody rub my hair and tell me it's going to be okay. And that's, it's funny, like that is what, if my clients, if you were to like pull my clients, they would say what, they would say I'm the ass kicker, but I do it with love, right? And that's exactly what you need. You need both. So if you don't have both, find both. I'm here, by the way. You can find me. But there's a lot of other ass-kicking, loving people out in the world to help you do that, right? So, but I think that balance, right? Like that give and pull, that highs and lows, right? And and allowing yourself to need different things in different moments. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. And seeking them out, right? Like actively seeking out and identifying like, where am I? Am I on the bathroom floor? Okay, that's okay. How long am I going to let myself be on the bathroom floor? And then I'm going to get back to it. And there's that grittiness that comes in, right? Where it's like, okay, I'm going to back on the hands and knees and up. Here we go. Back at the desk. I can, I can survive this, right? So it's that. And also getting by with a little help from your friends. Like that 70s show, the most like iconic part of it was the fact that it's the same group of kids sitting in the same seats where they always sit and they always get their point of views and they always go in the same order. And it's the same kids going through life together. Sometimes other friends come over for a blip. Sometimes somebody starts dating someone new, but your core is there and your core is around you, which is why it's so funny that they're in that same basement for that 90s show because we're seeing a whole new generation find their people. Yeah. Right. And and so it's like same housing, new decade, yeah. same format, new decade, which also made me think in our quick pre-chat about this, about bringing back our greatest hits and not letting our one hit wonders stay one hit wonders. Right. Like there yeah. are so many things that get remade that nobody wants remade. And that's not what I'm talking about. But when the majority of people that I've talked to that dearly loved that 70s show found out about that 90s show, they were like, oh my God, what? I have to see this. Yeah. They were like, that is something that sounds welcome, familiar. I miss the 90s. Like nostalgic. Like, yes. And so like sometimes it's fun to get nostalgic for your own damn content. Mm. Right? So what can we learn from that 90s show about breathing new life into things that worked before. Yeah, I think, you know, when we were chatting a little bit before, it is it is that concept of when we talk about consistent marketing, right? Like a, that is probably the root of all frustration in business is that we're not putting ourselves out there. We're not sharing our information. We're not doing it consistently. Number one reason that I hear from my business clients is that they don't know what to say today. They're not sure how to like, what do I, how do I write another post? What topics do I talk about? And it's like, what? No, just go back in the archives. Like how much content you already have. And yes, we can all go back to the very beginning of time of our content and it was terrible and it's totally fine that it was terrible. We all (laughs) sucked at the beginning. And you'll think that in 10 years, when you look back at today's content, you're going to think it's terrible. And right now you think you're amazing. So <laughs> but you can rewrite it, like take yeah. that same concept and rewrite it with your new and improved and slightly older brain and bring it back to the table without having to like reinvent the damn wheel every single day. Mm-hmm. Right. Microdosing. That's the one thing that I have been really thinking about with my content is taking it from that big high picture and making a whole, like how many pieces of content can come out of that one idea? How can Mm -hmm. I break each piece of that down? That doesn't take any greater thought. It's easier to do that than it is to come up with some new brilliant idea every day. Well, heck yeah. Especially if you're a podcaster or a podcast guest. Yes. Then you're already sitting on a bank vault of material. Because every single sentence you said, every question you asked, yes. Yes. Like all of that, all of that. One of the main things I do when I work with people on their repurposing campaigns is I go through and I'm like, pull your quotes out, pull out the questions that you asked, right? That right there is gajillions of 
content pieces. And and we don't have to have every single piece of content be freaking Pulitzer winning. No. Right? And it's not going to be. Like, stop thinking it's, you're not that good. You're not oh. that good. You don't need to be that good. Don't put that pressure on yourself. Yeah. Just get it out there. Just show your face. Put your put your voice out in the world enough that people start to recognize your voice, even if yes. they think it's irritating or they don't love it or they you're still catching their attention, which is the you're going to irritate point. somebody, guys. You're, yeah. You're oh, going to yeah. irritate somebody. Like you are you're in a troll hunt. Like you're trying to get to the, the point where you have an impact and a and a statement big enough that people notice and they don't just mm-hmm. scroll past and think, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's yeah. cute. That That's not at all effective. We're not going to get It's not disruptive enough. It's not yeah. eye-opening enough, right? And again, we're not saying you have to be the most revolutionary <laughs> content person. What you have to do is be honest, be true, and be consistent, mm-hmm. right? Be honest in terms of what you're actually saying. Be true to yourself and be freaking consistent. Do it all the time and don't do make it, it hard. And do it again. And when it gets hard, get support. Clean your bathroom floor. <laughs> right? Go eat some ramen and pick yourself back up. Right? Exactly. But, exactly. Gosh, that's so, that's so, so, so true. So <laughs> what else? Like, now I'm just thinking about smoking pot in basements, and that's not helpful. Or on the uh, bathroom floor. Like, let's ooh, be serious. Blah, blah, blah. Listen, I live in Texas. There's no basements here. I don't even have a basement option. Basement okay, list. Fine, 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 fine. It's very depressing. Fine. I miss basements deeply. It's okay. When you come to Chicago, we can hang out in mine and you'll be Please. like, I don't miss basements anymore. Yeah. I'll be uh, like, let's go to the basement and stay there for the entire time I'm here. And then I'll have Ryan take a camera and like <laughs> swing it around in a circle in between us while we talk to each other and it'll be perfect. But I think you're right. I think we need a kitty and we need a red and we need our friends and we need our basement, right? We need the place we go when we need support. We need to build that support network around us. And then once we get there, once we get into that rhythm, we have to continue that rhythm rather than try to force ourselves to constantly evolve new, 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 new. Because we've seen over and over in the age of revamps, new is not the only new. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be when we look at like all of our, even just our reflection backwards, right? When we talk, when we're talking about that piece, same thing. You don't need a new shiny. You, you need to just do the stuff you already decided you were going to do. And maybe put a fresh coat of paint on it, right? Like the, the biggest show of Netflix last year, Wednesday is a recycling of the Adams family focused on Wednesday, right? So maybe you need to give yourself the Wednesday treatment, that the nat- that 90s show treatment. It's the same formula, right? Rocky 1 and Rocky 5 are the exact same movie. They follow the exact same thing, but it's predictable and lovable and people enjoy that consistency, right? When I saw Creed 1 and 2, I was like, these feel like Rocky movies, as they should. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We take comfort in that familiarity. When we know and love something, we look for more of it. So if we're constantly trying to force ourselves to innovate, we're we're hoping that we're that our audiences don't get bored. What our audiences want is the familiar. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Like that, that is it. That is the only that's the only thing you need to know, you guys. That's it. Go out. Boom. All right. Well, then I got two more questions for you. Bring it, <laughs> because that I don't, think, I don't think we can improve upon that. We're just 
we solve the world's problems, or at least the entrepreneurial ones. So two questions. The first one is, you and I are smoking pot in my basement. And we are inviting one business owner from history to join us and smoke pot in our basement with us in our circle of that 90s show slash that 70s show. Who are you inviting to toke with us? In my basement. I'm loving this so much. Okay. I, <laughs> the first person that came to mind was Madame CJ Walker. Okay. Why? Yeah. Because when I watched, now, of course, I should know what, I can't remember the name of it. We'll have to look it up. We'll look it up. We'll look it up. But when I watched that movie, show, Netflix, whatever it was, um, in the times of COVID when you watch the entire internet. So I'm watching it and I just thought to be at the time in history that she was as a black woman pursuing an entrepreneurial passion with like badass energy and bold determination and just grittiness. I mean, nothing harnesses grit more than having to deal with racism and sexism at the exact same time. Yeah. Like, and like, talk and about being a multi-pioneer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I want to talk to her. I want to, I want to just surround myself with her aura of badassery and be like, okay, that's, that's the kind of like energy I want to, I want to have. So. I feel like she also died in 1919. So I think if we were like, hey, drugs are legal in parts of the US now, you want to come do some? She'd be like, what? Okay. (laughs) I mean, I'm here for it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So you, me, and Madam CJ Walker sitting around in the basement, smoking pot, talking about grit. Talking about grit. I think she'd be here for it. I think I I think think it'd be a great conversation. She is the um, honorary matriarch of the bathroom floor crying society. Uh, that feels right. I feel like that she would probably yeah. be right up right because in I that. think she'd be loving and nurturing to a point and then she'd also be like, "Hey white women, Suck you don't have up. to worry Let's about go. cholera or racism or getting lynched if you open your mouth." So, yeah. so maybe stop your whining so and get up with yeah, get on with it already, ladies. Get on with it, right? Yeah. So, yeah, let's cuz somebody is always where you are with you in the same boat and somebody always has a harder time. And yeah, somebody's killing it. But the person who's killing it was on the bathroom floor before. And as long as we remember that, I think it's easier for us to get back up. I think so too. I think so too. And just looking at that evidence of everything you've accomplished so far Mm -hmm. as proof that you can move forward, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. All right. One more question for you, which is if people out there especially around the areas of their profit, their money-making, their bottom line, their top line, if they're realizing that they need a loving, constructive push that is their red and also their kitty, and they decide, you know what, I need Sam, which they should. What is the best way for our listeners to come into your world or start a conversation with you? Where do I want you to come and visit me? I think I want you to just slide right into my DMs on Instagram and say, Hey, I heard you here. Let's have a chat. So that's shecollective.biz. Easy to find. I would say that is your number one place. And let's just have a conversation. I 
my favorite thing to do is have somebody pop into the DMs and say like, hey, I heard you somewhere or I listened to you or I found your name, littered of business cards on the ground, whatever they're, however they're finding <laughs> me, like confetti people, like confetti. And, and I want to just have you bring me not the like surface level conversation stuff, but like bring it. I'm struggling with this and let me respond to you. Um, put yourself out there, be vulnerable, ask for help. I'm pretty much willing to do it in the DMs. Not all the way, but I'll do a little in the DMs. So yeah, come hang out there. Or if you just want to listen to me, then come listen to She Needs Grit. And I am, the podcast is in all the podcast places. Glorious. Freaking glorious. I mean, this whole thing has been glorious. So Sam, thank you so much for being my guest today. It has been a delight and a pleasure. And I can't wait to host you in my basement soon. <laughs> yeah, I'm on my way to Chicago right now. Don't know how long it takes to drive in my dirty minivan, but I'm on my way. This was fantastic. I'll pack a bowl for when you get here. Everyone else, while Sam is driving up here, I'm going to take a little break and I will be back in just a second with my final thought and your homework for this week. Don't worry, I'm not going to make you do any drugs. Well, hey there. At this point in your business growth, you hopefully know most of the reasons your clients need you. But which you do they actually need? Authenticity is still the supreme buzzword of the day. And with great reason, we want to feel like we know the provider behind the curtain, the brain behind the brand. So by no means am I telling you to play a part or become something you currently are not. But even without doing so, each of us is vast. Like Walt Whitman said, we contain multitudes. We wear a dozen hats every day just in the course of ordinary modern life. Parent, best friend, sibling, advisor, neighbor, peer, competitor, role model. We pop in and out of these tones and behaviors seamlessly. So it's easy to reduce the inherent value of each. Your homework this week is to write one piece of content, like an email, LinkedIn essay, or storytelling Instagram post, in a different tone or style than usual. Consider taking a parenting tough love approach if your client needs a butt kick a no-nonsense best friend role if your client needs to accept something in a hurry, or a cheerleader role if their sense of self needs rebuilding. All three of these are also so far from the only options out there. What matters is that you don't censor yourself and tell your clients and prospects what you need them to hear, but specifically how they need to hear it. The message is critical, but so is the messenger. If you're not sure which version of you they need to hear from this week, look back on your own learning curve. What voice did you crave when you were still wandering through this problem? It's time to become that beacon. After all, whoever that is, whatever that is, is already inside you. No faking it till you make it necessary. Hey, thanks for listening. If this episode kept you laughing and learning, 
I have two requests for you. First, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button, depending on your platform, so you never miss an episode. And also, more importantly, if you are looking for support, inspiration, networking, collaborations, or just a chance to hang out with me, Annie P. Ruggles, and our fantastic guests, make sure that you are a member of our LinkedIn community, The Legitimati. It is a weird and wonderful place. I can't even believe it's on LinkedIn, and we want you there. You'll find the link in the show notes. Big shout out, as always, to the fabulous dudes who helped me make this show. My producer and editor, Andrew Sims of Hypable Impact. My theme composer, Riley Horbasio, And my show art creator, Francois Vigno. See you next time. <laughs>